I'm Kendria. I need you to go like, follow, and subscribe. Soul Productions. What's up, everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? It's another episode of Next Level Thinking. As you always know, we help you bring it to the next level. It's your host, Chris Holmes, bringing you exciting energy and much more. And today I have a special guest by the name of... Lisa Phillips. Awesome, awesome. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself as we get things going and taking it to the next level. <laughs> Overall, um, I've built a platform about on real estate investing and teaching others how to invest, mostly black professionals to invest in lower income black neighborhoods. Um, but it do, does go out from there. But that is sort of what most people know me from. And um, my best selling book, Investing in Rental Properties for Beginners. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, there's other parts to me. There is, um, at the soul level, I am a warrior, priest, queen, personality, soul type. Um, sometimes learning about who you are at the soul level, which is a lot of journeying I've done, um, just makes everything make sense about what I've done, what I've accomplished, and what I'm here to do. So that's just on the personal, like, who Lisa is at the soul level aspect of it. But most people know me through the real estate investing. Gotcha, gotcha. That's what it's all about. So it seems like you are very big into uh, helping people acquire even more knowledge when it comes to financial education, which is you know, incredibly awesome, especially during this time period, but also for the future so they can be prepared and not uh, go into the same cycle. So we're going to back things up just a little bit. And how did you get involved with this? You know, so like, what was the origin story of like, how did you become this person you are in today? And like, you know, your background and your journey. So people can have that little touch, you know, the personal touch and knowing who you are. Okay. So I'll start it with the base level of who I am. I am someone who even in the worst tragedies can always go, well, at least this is okay. So <laughs> that permeates everything I do. So when people are falling apart at bad situations, I've always just been like, yeah, it's bad, but man, other people have it worse. So let's just pick this up and keep going. And that is like my fundamental reaction to events and, it, and it's just who I am and so um, all the real estate investing started I always loved houses fixing them up watching HGTV and a lot of us have like that inside of us right that's why HGTV there's like four channels on like home renovations like that's in everyone um, and so I always had that and then I per started purchasing houses as soon as I got out of college you know, like within oh, you six didn't play months, no games. <laughs> yeah, like within six months, you're allowed to purchase a property. Once you graduate and get a job, you don't need the two-year history. And I bought a house immediately. Now, that house was extremely overpriced. It was the top of the market in 2006 in Las Vegas. That and Miami were hit the hardest. Ooh. And I didn't know any better, and no one around me knew better, right? Because there is no way in heck it logically made sense for me to buy a house where one monthly payment mortgage payment was more than like one of my paychecks. <laughs> now wow, you were really after pushing before it. taxes. It wasn't, you know, it was like, but after taxes, it was literally more. Right. And I'm just in my mind, I'll just rent it out, which has its own issues. Cause I was like an inexperienced person. I just let anyone who would pay me in the house. So that had some ups and downs. So I just really learned the hard way that, um, that you really need to build your skill set around it. 
But, yeah, um, I, I bet you did, cause like whew. it was more than your paycheck. <laughs> it was, whew, I'd have well, been sweating. That, before taxes, it's not, and that's what they do. They do it on your gross. So before you take everything out, it was fine. But after they take everything out, you're like, ooh. Um, so I mean, and so uh, we we go along with it. Um, I get laid off of one job because um, we're heading into 2009. Remember, and then I get mm. another job in Ohio. I'm in Ohio and I'm there for like a year and I'm like, let me get something out here. Cause I don't know if I'll ever be back in Vegas and I had rented it out the house out, but um, I got laid off from that job as well. So um, I had just purchased a $35,000 condo out there in Columbus, Ohio. And I had, I was laid off. And so I had to let the house in Vegas go at that point. It was 2009. Vegas. <laughs> it, yeah. So it was 2009. We were losing 700,000 jobs a month during the recession. And I couldn't find another position quickly. Um, Ohio just doesn't have the employment opportunities like they do on the West coast or in other parts of the country. Um, and I had bought this $35,000 condo and my monthly mortgage was like $350. So even though I had to let this other house go, which can be traumatic, it wasn't that dramatic because it was happening to everyone. None of us knew. Like, I know now, right? Like, I've learned my lessons and I've taught those lessons. But mm -hmm. everyone was going through it. So I just didn't let, me, let it get me too down. I didn't like it. But my mindset was, you know what? I'm like 27. I'll wait seven years. I'm 35. I'll buy a new one. Right? Mm -hmm. So, because, you know, I was just like, you know, I got started young. That gives you some buffer room to make a few mistakes. I can wait seven years and by the time seven years rolls around and the mortgage falls off my credit report, I will be even more ready or I'll have more money or I can save up for seven years. So I was like, let me let that one go because it was worth half its value. Like 60% of what I purchased it for is what it was valued at. Yep, yep. To this day, it's been 11 years, it still has not gotten back up to its value. <laughs> But I, will, for in 2006. but I want to go ahead and add this right now is like um, so many people are afraid to just even make mistakes and they forget that's how you learn. I mean, yeah. if you use the best example, like say um, the classroom, uh, you go into the classroom, you probably kicking giggling with your, your homies and things like that. Always. And then you're ready for the class to start. You're like, all right, cool, let's get started. And then all of a sudden, the teacher starts writing his language on a, the chalkboard. And you're like, what in the world? You want me to do what? <laughs> you're over trying to take your notes and things like that. And then the teacher goes like, okay, now you do it. Yeah. And you're looking around like, wait a minute. You, right. you was talking. Now, and don't let them pull you to the board too. So, so you definitely in the spotlight now. And now right. you're like, you know, you was talking about her, right? No, no, no. You, no, my home, my homie in the back. <laughs> you're not talking you, about me. <laughs> you, Chris, run up here. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, shit, let me take my little walk of death real quick. <laughs> but that, I mean, but that example is like how you approach life. You always yeah. push outside of your comfort zone. And you're challenged yeah. to take on newer things and you make yeah. mistakes. You know, people correct you, but that's how you learn and get better. And we forgot that whole kind of yeah. guidance and process when it comes to real life things. You know, uh, like that journey to self-discovery, which everyone needs to be on. Um, when I say I'm a warrior, it really shows. So that's sort of like, there's different types of um, 
personality types, right? But for me, it goes down to the soul level that you're born with. And the thing about a warrior is that we make mistakes. We mm -hmm. go headlong into things. Now, throughout lives, we have to make sure we reel it back and get balanced and start thinking strategically. But we have that ability to try and fail and try again and fail. And we can try and get in and fail and fail. It's just like if there's a boulder in the way and there's a war to be had, the warriors are going to move that dang boulder. We don't know how, we don't know when, but, but it's, it's move. going to happen, <laughs> right? And so knowing, so like I can look back on everything when I learned sort of what these types were, I was like, oh, that's why I am the way I am. So I say it because not everyone has that, um, let's get out and get in front of it. It doesn't matter if we fail because we just hit that boulder until it's gone. Um, mm -hmm. But that's okay because you have people like us who will do it. And what we're supposed to then do is to other people how they can do it, right? And that's exactly what I did. So it's okay for me to be brave. It's okay for me to make mistakes because I can take it. These shoulders can take that load so well and easily. Some of my friends were a little surprised because I was like, the banks didn't want to work with me. Well, F them. And they're like, you just told the banks to F them? Yeah, take it. It's not even worth anything. And they're just like, everyone's <laughs> all like upset. And you're flipping the middle finger out to the banks. And I'm like, yeah, I got seven years. Like, you know, it's just, that's who some of us are. And the reason we're like that for a reason, we're like that because we can sometimes go where other people are nervous and just not even be phased by what other people think or about Or just it. completely afraid and don't even. Yeah, we exactly. don't, failure is not a scary thing. It's part of obtaining the goal. So it's just part of completing the mission, right? Mm -hmm. It's like going so, into, it's like, okay, so we're going to try to get this, this glorious treasure, you know, I think it's worth like millions of dollars, right. but um, it's in the lines then. So, um, we're going to strategically kind of find it. Well, hold up. Where's Tom going? F this. I'm going to the lion's den. Hey, Tom, where are you going? <laughs> well, you know, we have to learn. You have to learn to grow a little bit more. And when you grow a little bit more strategically, you lure the tiger, you know, you lure the tiger out with some meat, hmm. right? Distract it, maybe cage it, and then you go in, right? Yes, yes. So with maturity, you we need, we need, a lot of us can end up in jail because it's a personality that could be very in your face. Mm -hmm. But when you get balance and emotional maturity, you learn how to still go in where fools tread, you know, where, where people are scared to go, but how to do it a little bit more and not get burnt so badly. Exactly. We get burnt out a lot when we're younger, when you have my personality type, because you just keep going headlong into things until you finally learn to be a little bit more moderate. And um, that is part of the whole learning process, it which is, makes it is. perfect no sense. No fear of failure. It's just part of accomplishing the mission accomplishing the goal and yes i've always thought that way right so that's just getting it done jordan yeah yeah you know they always trust him with the game winning shot he took it right he missed, he missed a lot of times to take it missed a, couple, a lot of good times but he still you know took that shot it's always yeah. about overcoming that so let's continue with the journey of course with uh you learning from your mistakes so we can keep building to, uh from that yeah, and so it was like the middle of this recession. I had to lose a house to foreclosure, but I'm in this house. It's two. It's a two-bedroom condo. It's really comfortable. It's in like a really nice part of town. I was like, are there other houses like this? And I found out that there were. And then when I go to the major online forums and I talk about, well, I'm finding houses that are ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Um, they're like, oh my god, don't go to those neighborhoods. Oh my god. And I'm just like, I mean, they're fine. What's your problem? Right. And so that's why, you know, for my platform, I do talk about how my story resonates more with black professionals than other groups. That's like 80% of the people I work with. And the neighborhoods are 
pretty much 80% minority or black neighborhoods, sometimes Hispanic or a different ethnic group. Um, and sometimes not, right? But um, like the, the reality is so many of the people who are attracted or who gravitate towards me are people who grew up in a lower income or working class neighborhood. That is the experience of people in this country. Generational wealth we did not have, right? You know, stripped, mm -hmm. taken, uh, and sh you know, like just repeatedly throughout history, every single time we have something, you know, eminent domain comes and takes your house. Every time you have something, they put a toxic dump right next to your neighborhood. Then all of a sudden your property values fall. Drop. That is a proven yeah. thing, right? It's environmental racism. So because of those things strategically in this country, we're always the one to get like the short end of the stick. We don't have that. So when I'm talking about let's invest, let's get financial freedom. And I'm talking about this lower price range. That's what I'm talking to. And the bonus is the people that I attract are people and they're very strong. They're, they're basically warriors like me, I find, that mm -hmm. we started at that place, but they, I attract people who want to invest and do better, who have learned the abilities of how to get out, get out of that comfort zone, get out of that socioeconomic ladder and keep thriving and be able to figure out how to thrive, right? So when I talk to people, they're like, your story's my story. I grew up in a lower income neighborhood and it was fine. I loved it, right? And now I'm a doctor. Now I'm a lawyer. Now I'm, you know, director of this. Now I'm this but i definitely attract people who have the ability to navigate class navigate and economically navigate and 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 many of us are like you know so many of the people we grew up with did not right so i attract the folks who did and so what it, it's sort of taken a life of its own because all of a sudden you're empowering all these people who sort of you know i have a very strong i'm not for gentrification i understand it comes but I have a whole group, I like to call them my army, of people now who not only invest in neighborhoods that were overlooked at a low price, were cash flowing, were winning. I have people who started out with me who had one house, and now they have like 10, right? You know, and we're building really real wealth. We're doing it in our own neighborhoods, but I have a very strong sense of responsibility. Like, hey, just because you can raise the rents does not mean you should. Just because things are gentrifying does not mean you need to kick a family out who relies or is invested in the school system, right, to get up and leave because you can technically raise the rent. And that is a, a, a mindset on finances that in this world that you've been given, it's all supposed to be about capitalism and money, money, money. And all of a sudden I have this group. It's like, look, we can we are making money. Don't get me wrong. But we're not trying to gentrify neighborhoods because we come from that place. We just have more empathy and understanding uh, of the humanism of what's going on in these neighborhoods and not trying to exasperate it and give someone a nice long-term place to stay like we had. So a, a difference in my group versus others is that, you know, you know, we can I can raise the rents for all of my houses about two to $300 a month, right? I can because the neighborhood has shifted, but I choose not to. But it's also an economically sound reason. I've had tenants for, you know, one property five years, the other property like, you know, seven, Right? They're not going anywhere. They pay on time every month. They know I can raise the rents, right? They are aware of things changing, but I fix things that need to be fixed. They pay me on time. I don't have to pay two to $3,000 a month, which can wipe your profits, by the way, every time they move out to get someone in, because when you're at that higher rate, then all of a sudden people move a little bit faster than when they have that lower rate. They're not really trying to move. So there are economically sound reasons to keep, um, to not necessarily raise with gentrification just because you can. And it just goes back to, I like to think of rental properties and passive income and what you've built as a business and your tenants can be business partners. Once you've been with me for three years and you want to live there the rest of your life, you're a business partner. I rely on you to pay every month and I know 
my rent is going to come in every single month. We're in the middle of the pandemic. Every month I've been paid on time, right? You know, just like I have been for the five years before. They're a business partner. And all of a sudden I have a very store stable business. And this is always something I give out, you know, we don't sell in our communities. That's something we didn't learn. So you have people in New York and I, and I get these clients who my mom had a house in New York and it was a brownstone. She bought it for like 60,000 and sold it for 300. But now those brownstones are worth 2 million. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I try to teach in financial education, how we're going to change the story, not just make sure we invest responsibly in these neighborhoods, but we never sell, right? You could tap into the equity, you could refinance, but we don't sell. And that way, if it's an appreciating asset, you get to capture all the appreciation, not just the portion of it. So there's just different learning opportunities that come out that like, you know, we're going to just start doing things differently. Yep. And a tremendous amount of great information, especially when it comes down to uh, basically what you're saying, like from real estate and much more, because actually, uh, now that I think of it, uh, that's actually a common thing when it comes to wealth building, uh, passive income, and much more. But I'm going to use this term because you were uh, had a huge amount of value into it, but I'm going to say this term, group economics. When you yeah. can uh, have a community uh, built around loyal that can stay in for the long run, mm -hmm. uh, you should be able to survive for the long run because you can depend on it on a rainy day. Yeah. That's how you use the example during the pandemic mm -hmm. of how, you know, you have other people trying to get their payments and things like that, but with your built community and building yeah. that trust and loyalty yep. and that bonded and much more, mm -hmm. and they know you as a person mm -hmm. instead yep. of just as a transaction, yeah. it, they feel interconnected. They're like, you know what? She does all this, you know, I have a roof over my head. I'm comfortable. She fixes I'm living. It properly. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like push back and go, you fix things. Like if it needs to be done, it's my responsibility. It gets done immediately they know I have not raised the rents. You know what I mean? And honestly, mm -hmm. that's all it needs. Like, that's all it is. It's not like I've done much. I haven't even met them, but they are aware of those factors. And so after five years of seeing that behavior from me, they're more than willing to, and if they ever were late, man, they call my property manager and me up. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> that's, you know, that pays just being responsible and, and understanding of, you know, not necessarily just jacking up, I mean, it does breed that loyalty and then it goes both ways. I have someone stable who keeps my place up and lets me know when things break so I can fix it before they become bigger problems. Um, and, you know, they pay on time. It just goes, it's both. Both of us are winning from this long-term trusting relationship that I stick by my word, they stick by their agreement. Yeah, You're good. correct. Awesome, You're correct. Awesome, awesome. And that's something that no one wants to talk about. Um, and real estate investing, which is why I think it's so important what me and my investors do, because we bring that conversation to the front. I know when I look at other landlord groups, they're not like mine. They don't have the energy. They don't have, like, have the power. They just don't. They don't have the energy. They don't have the black girl magic. They just don't. But like in my group, we're very conscious and we have bigger conversations outside of just the capitalism, but the humanism as well and what impacts we're making. And people are being innovative. They're doing things with homeless people and getting people places to stay. And they're taking what we built and they're doing it even better the way we do in our community. Um, and I've also like to say after being in this game since 2013, I go to other groups now, whereas before it was all like, I don't care about anyone. Just give me my money. I don't, you know, and it's my money and I need it now. No, yeah. Like, but then now I, I'm starting to see 
in those groups, um, which are not majority black professional like mine, they're not, they're mostly Caucasian. Um, I mostly, I see now that I didn't see four years ago when someone says statements like that, that sort of take out the humanity or the, or the empathy. I'm starting to see women starting to speak up and go, you know what, I take a different view. I think if you do this, you can work together. And it's nice, I'm gonna claim it, you know, it's nice that me and my investors have been putting it out there and been going in these forums and going, there's a different way of doing it and starting to see other people go, why don't you check yourself? Everything isn't about money. So I'm someone, um, and this is where I preach, if you read my book or you follow me, like I love money, right? I want passive income, but I'm not gonna do it at the expense of everything, right? And so it's walking a balanced line with that um, and keeping everything interconnected. And it's nice to see other people starting to speak up and out versus letting that one voice, which was typically affluent um, white male, was the voice of uh, real estate investing and real estate investing education and really starting to go up against that and going, you know, I know you've been taught a certain thing, but we're in the game now and we're going to bring a different energy to what we're doing that has long-term results and stabilizes an entire neighborhood. Awesome. Awesome. And also I want to add on to that communication is everything. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those things that I'm pushing more and more. And it reminds me back to the days of me in college of like, no matter what you're talking about from business, relationships, mm -hmm. family, your organization, you have to communicate. And I'm a strong believer. Uh, once communication drops, that is like the biggest sign that something is wrong. It's mm -hmm. like you, you, I mean, we all have those moments. We use several examples where like, let's say something's going on in relationships and they're not talking like, okay, what's going on? Well, with I was just about to or say, the, the example. one reason our relationships, <laughs> every relationship I've had that ended is because the communication was broken. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that, and that applies to a lot of things from right. that and also in business, like when people notice things are going wrong or something needs to change or adjust, you know, they're like, yeah, so how you're doing it. But the, uh, okay. And we're just all, you know, the little flirt, flirt talk, you know, that co co uh, conversation, but they never get to what's going on. They always sugarcoat and never address it. And you mm. have to be open and communicate that. So they yeah. know what's going on. Cause I've also heard from one of my mentors that, your people that's on the front lines are your biggest uh, information people to like tell you what's really going on because they are working. They are working with the people that are uh, doing the transactions or serving people. They know mm -hmm. the environment, things like that. So right. you need to listen uh, yes. to like, every key part just in all parts of life, even right. from that and family. And like, let's, let's say if you go to Thanksgiving, nobody's talking, something's up. <laughs> Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> in my family, I'm the one that causes everyone to be silent because I can be so honest and truthful. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Sorry, well, guys. I know I just brought some family business up. Y'all would rather not talk about. I'm learning, right? I'm learning. That's, what it's, all, that's what it's all about is it like is. you're learning and things like that, but you yeah. need communication. Sure, I do a podcast, so I talk about all different kind of things. But one thing my professor said, like when expressing different viewpoints, business or whatever, you know, you can have your own different view, but always listening for understanding, not to be yeah. correct, listening for understanding. Yeah. And then you can get to the point where you can agree or agree to disagree and move on. That's how you should apply it through all life. Uh, I agree. See? I think the the difference. Uh, I think a lot of 
the capital, like before people like us came on the scene and really made a place for ourselves in the online space when it comes to real estate investing advice, is there was sort of like this thing of I'm the landlord, you're the tenant. Relationships. Okay, can you repeat that last? I think I had a little connection issue. Oh, okay, yeah. Something uh, before the tenants, that last little part. Let me connect to a different. Okay, so uh, what I was saying is that um, in the traditional advice, it was sort of an energy low key, but there you can sense it. Of elephant like, in the room. <laughs> oh, did I leave the room? No, I said elephant in the room. We're using it as a noun. Oh, low key. Okay, <laughs> low key. Like no one's gonna say it, but people don't have to say it for you to sense it and understand that that's being understood. At least for us, because you know we read energy, right? We read energy in our community. That's why we can be so scared of ghosts because we know they're there. Like we can feel it. Um, so you know, just like I'm the landlord, and the way you learn it was like I'm above you. Whereas I've definitely over the last seven years, and my the people who are attracted to me have picked up on, is we work together in this rental property business. And so what you build with that mindset is steady, long-term, dependable cash flow. So not only do you buy it for a lower price, but you buy it in a neighborhood that you're probably comfortable with that someone else would not be because they've just never been into lower income neighborhoods. They've never been into a minority neighborhood. So you can sort of capitalize in a positive way on that fact, um, have more of a humanist relationship building aspect to it. And it's just like, if you're going to invest in me, I found it's like the full circle where everything is covered and it's a very symbiotic, beautiful, sustainable work together um, investing strategy. Uh, so that's why I'm just very honored and happy that when I put this out there and I just started laying down, this is what you got to do. Like, listen, I was just basically this. I can't stay in corporate America. I am who I am. I talk the way I talk. I call things out because I'm just such a, I'm a truthful person. I don't kiss ass because I think my work ethic should work for itself. I just don't last in corporate America. Okay. I just don't. And so I was like, I started doing this real estate investing strategy. So I did it once and then I did it again and did it again. And I was able to develop a system and show people how to lay it down and how to take care and mitigate the risk. And I just started telling people about it. Like, look, this is what we need to do. We can't be in corporate America. It's not for people like us. Not only am I making 62 cents on the dollar, which I was, because after two months, my coworkers who are white male told me what they were making. I was like, you make how much? It was 38% less. Okay. So not only am I making less, but I really don't fit in or I have to be a different person in corporate America. And I just refuse to not be myself, right? I refuse to act a certain way because that's more acceptable because you have maybe a culture of the upper class and I come from a working class background, right? Or it's a little bit more louder and boisterous. And so I just had to get the information out there, but I was honored that people listened. Like, you know, for me, as someone who's a natural teacher, like it's an honor when people listen, because trust and believe I've been telling my family all of this for years and they're just looking at me like, okay, Lisa, or my friends too. But you know, you take it to the internet and all of a sudden, all this information you've been giving, you found your tribe and it not only works, it like propels them to a, a different just economic ladder, right? You own four or five houses, you're a different person than you were before. That is a, you're in a different world, you're in a different class. 
and um, having the financial income and freedom also propels it. So I was just really grateful that people listened, heard it. The people who needed to hear it did hear it, acted on it. So, and, and they're successful. So now I have these platforms, but like we're very successful at what we do, even though everyone told us we couldn't do it. So seven years into the game, I can go to different forums and online places and people who thought, who told us we couldn't or those neighborhood or those people are sitting there trying to get into my group and get information and pick up what they can, right? And so that is where we're at today. Cool, cool, cool. So like what kind of future plans you have going on uh, so that the people will know? And then we're going to follow that up with a closing statement by you as we wrap things up. So um, I, I launched a book two years ago with all of this laid out. Um, and it was in 2018. And it's been on three Amazon bestsellers list. Okay. I, I go between the fifth and 10th spot. You know, I'm going for number one. Don't get me wrong. Um, Always. But every single day. Uh, since it launched, uh, which to me means I've gotten a lot of support up high because these are words that need to get out to empower our people. That's part of my mission here on earth and part of my purpose, which I've learned. Um, so that was been amazing. So I'm doing book two right now. It's a very interesting way. Writing a book, it takes, you know, it takes a lot, right? So um, I'm halfway through book number two. Um, that's going on and just learning different ways to, you know, I have multiple streams of income. I have the rental properties. I have the book. Of a monthly membership and so i'm just sort of taking all this infrastructure and building it out to something bigger and greater so i started with real hold on let's see income I... and real estate those are if you do those three it can last you through any economic downturn and i will say i'm doing quite all right through this downturn because i do have multiple one thing can take a hit and i built this now it took me nine years to do it but that's okay take the time I'd rather you do things over 10 years. I'm not on a 30-year plan. People need to put themselves on a 10-year plan. And every passive income stream took four to six months. And now the book, you know, I'm in month three. So it's four to six months of effort and extra time to do these different things. But you look up one day, 10 years from now, and all those four to six month periods of time that you took to build out something creatively gets you to the point where you are, you can weather any storm. And you can choose your own hours and you can choose to be yourself and not have to fit into corporate America and have someone else breathe and live on if you're going to get fired and be able to eat. Right. And we all need that freedom. Mm -hmm. Cause nothing is remember back in the McDonald's days, you know, you just stressing like, Oh, please don't give me a five. Cause these beers ain't going to stop. They just constantly knocking at the door, you know, just like a Jehovah. Now nah, I'm playing. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, <laughs> remember those days where grandma said, you better not open that door. Let me look at the window and see who it is. But you know that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a story about that. <laughs> but that's a tremendous, uh, great, uh, especially when building multiple pillars so that you can weather yeah. any storm. So go ahead and tell how they can connect with you to social media and all that. And then wrap us up with your closing statement. Okay. I prefer you go to either my YouTube or Facebook. Um, YouTube, it's uh, youtube.com user slash affordable REI. So everything's affordable REI. You can go on my Twitter, but I will say I'm on black Twitter a lot and I'm retweeting a lot of stuff. So if you're not ready for that level of wokeness, don't go there. But if you are, please follow. Um, and then I'm on uh, Facebook. You can join our Facebook group. It's free, uh, but we have a certain energy. So try to blend in and it's a sub 30K mastermind group. If you go to any of my online videos on YouTube, I have links 
to all to the Facebook group, to this group, to my LinkedIn group. Um, and it's just a different groove and flow. Um, uh, but you love my Facebook group. It's 10, it's basically 9,600 black investors who are successful teaching the new ones. And it's such a beautiful energy and community we've built in there. Um, and if you want to get a copy of my book, Investing in Rental Properties for Beginners, uh, it is out. Um, it is, it has about, you'll like it. I mean, I have a 4.8 review and no, I didn't pay for those. No, I don't know that people leave a review those are completely organic but as you can tell from the way i am it's just it's very blunt it's very to the point and from what the review says it's just like just someone actually giving them the information laying it out step by step you know so you gotta love diversity because when different people with different backgrounds enter into the game that's when you really start getting innovation on getting to your goals and that's what i bring to the people Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to close out this great interview as we take this valuable information and get into our wealth and riches and much more. Prosperity is everything. So it's your host, as always, on Next Level Thinking. And today I have my special guest by the name of... Lisa Phillips. Awesome, awesome. Make sure you subscribe, share the energy, and keep things going because we are out here to inspire and make sure you get all the information you need to help you take it to the next level. Peace Thanks, and much love. Love the way. I put the, love the way.